Omar Abdulaziz is without question one of the very best coaches out there in the program game. The list of players that he's coached over the years and that he currently works with uh, are world champions, world number ones, the very best in the game and the big talents, uh, also the big talents that are coming through. He has several of them in his camp. Uh, the results really do speak for themselves, but uh, Omar quietly goes about his business and today on episode 274, Omar and, and I talk about all of this, uh, but we first get into talking about his early days as, as a pro and how he got into coaching. Uh, Amr Shabana and Kareem Darwish, the impact that they had on his squash and on his coaching. And also we take a look back at the huge impact that uh, Ahmed Barada had on, on Egyptian squash. We talk a bit about that before we get into what he's doing today with his players and that we do go into great detail on, including uh, Kareem Abdul-Gawad, Tarek Mom and Haniel Hamami, and uh, the gentleman I just had on the podcast uh, about a week ago, Yusuf Ibrahim, all of those guys, and uh, several more young up-and-coming players in his stable. So uh, really a lot here on this spot. I know you're going to, going to uh, really enjoy what we're talking about today on episode 274. But we, before we go any further, it uh, doesn't get much better than summer at uh, Open Squash. Open Squash, the New York-based nonprofit dedicated to bringing thousands of new people into the sport by making it more accessible and more affordable for everyone. They've brought on board several like-minded PSA pros like reigning World Open champion and reigning British uh, Open champion, former world number one, Ali Farag, Victor Kwe, who had a fairly decent uh, Alguna, uh, Gina Kennedy also, and uh, Nathan Lake, several others uh, on board with uh, the Open Squash, uh, Open Squash team. And uh, this summer, uh, summer is abound. And uh, check out the various camps uh, running from uh, June 14th all the way through August 25th at Open Squash. Sign up your kids for an outrageously fun summer at their Bryant Park location if you're in the New York City area or maybe uh, you want to just send your kids to a, a summer uh, squash camp, that might be something you want to look into. They are the only New York City squash summer camp geared specifically toward new and newer players. Their half-day and full-day programs are jam-packed with fitness and fun. Discover an exhilarating way to move the body, focus the mind, and form close bonds. Check out the camps, uh, these summer camps, and as well if you're a more experienced player or you have uh, a young uh, up-and-coming junior player that you want to into uh, a camp, they've got several advanced level camps going on this summer as well. Check it all out at www.opensquash.org. That includes the Mike Way camp that's upcoming in, I think, about two weeks' time. So check all of that out again at www.opensquash.org. And now this is episode 274 with Omar Abdul Aziz. Hi, how are you? Oh, can you yes. see me? I can see you. Yeah, what a beautiful day it is out there. You got a little a little bit of overcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Staying at home. That's yeah. How's everything? Great to see you. Everything great, great, and thanks for your time. You must be yeah. extremely busy uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> a couple of weeks, last last two three tournaments, and everyone is training, and so uh, it's a little uh, busy. Yeah, well, uh, you've got Alguna uh, starting tonight, so uh, no doubt uh, you'll be uh, you'll be extreme. yeah traveling traveling tomorrow still not not going today yeah not going tonight okay how far yeah. are you, uh, from it's three hours 
four hours drive. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And you That's can go with Alguna is a resort, right? It's kind of like yeah, a... it's in an amazing resort. Yeah, it has a bunch of hotels and resorts and golf courses. It's nice. Uh, oh, three, okay. four uh, port marinas. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I think everyone's looking. You have to join to... us one time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. My, I, I play a little bit of golf too, so uh, we could kill two birds. Yeah, yeah it's oh. uh, it's amazing over there. Yeah, well, uh, Omar, uh, fantastic uh, to have you on the podcast. Uh, I think I reached out to you uh, about a year ago, or maybe less than that. And you, uh, you said, and I really, uh, I appreciated your comment. You wanted to wait until uh, near the end of the season, and here we yes. are. You kept your word, so thanks so much. Uh, for Thank that um now i just wanted you know just in terms of uh you know the people out there the younger people uh who follow the game they they definitely know who you are in terms of you know you're coaching uh, so many of the, the game's top players and uh, i know you played on the psa uh, uh back uh, a few years back and you have a a squash uh playing backstory uh as well so sure. Just in terms of that, just before we get into uh, the pod, uh, in, into the coaching stuff that you're doing, tell us a bit about your your playing days, how you uh, sort your your junior days and then your PSA pro days, how you got yes. your uh, your start in squash. Yes, I started uh, when I was uh, nine or something, eight, and then uh, I was uh, I used to I used to go to. Uh, Last 16, round of 16, this stuff, and I don't do quarters. The competition in Egypt, when uh, it's, it's still very tough, and it was even tougher back in the days. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, I got bored uh, on the age of uh, 13, something like this. So I stopped playing 13, 14, uh, no, 14, 15. And I think at the, when I was turning 16, I started to train back again by myself. Uh, not going to any clubs, nothing. I used to go to uh, to do some uh, solo, uh, to do some solo every morning uh, uh, by myself, doing ropes, uh, getting programs online, and then luckily uh, I uh, I started to play tournaments, local tournaments back again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, someone is interrupting. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, I started to play some tournaments back again, and uh, can you see me, right? Uh, I can't see. Now yes. I can see you, yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, before I finished the juniors career, I uh, I was able to participate in the World Juniors uh, uh, as the top one of the top five uh, boys in, in the country in these two years. So okay. uh, I think I did great. Uh, I played the, all the local tournaments and I passed through it. And I uh, played qualification. I traveled with the team. Yeah, in okay. Chennai, 2001. And that was actually a progress for myself. And uh, I know it's for the top players, it's normal to go to the World Open, which is I lost third round. Uh, uh, and these days, uh, I performed well. I lost 3-2 uh, in one of the top uh 16 guys is Dylan Bennett. I'm just saying hi now. Oh, yeah, he's in, yeah, he's uh, from Netherlands. Um, so from these steps, I started to know that uh, the improvements and the progress and the achievements it's between you and yourself, not to you're not doing to, to you're not doing it to anyone or to be compared to anyone. Uh, it was a massive achievement for me to travel as a top five or top six guys in less than uh, two years, one year and a half. Uh, mm. Uh, so uh, 
here, uh, here it all started. I started to be connected with the game. Uh, I, I finished the junior's career, uh, and then I went to. I went too far with training. I trained so hard, day out, day in, day out, day in. Uh, played the PSA, joined the top thirty in the world for more than four or five years. Yeah. Uh, we used to have uh, nice days, but it was really tough uh, financial wise. Traveling to Australia, New Zealand in the summer, uh, our summer, their winter, <clears throat> to play uh, to play a three K tournament, two or three of them, yeah. getting getting like uh, to the winner. The winner get like three hundred, four hundred dollars, which is cannot even cover the, the the accommodation or at least three or four nights of the accommodation. Uh, from here, you you build up your personality. You know how to. Uh, uh, to sacrifice, you know how to uh, reach your goals. Uh, this is how it goes. I learned a lot in this story. And if without traveling and without playing the tour, I don't think I would be able to uh, to coach uh, at that level or to understand the game at that level. Yeah, I was going to say, like uh, you mentioned that you took uh, some time off as a junior and probably you got bored is what kind of what you said. I guess maybe, uh, and I know how thriving uh, the junior uh, program is now in in Egypt. Is that something that uh, sort of you uh, take on board, and something maybe that you learned about how how you can avoid uh, the juniors from uh, getting bored and, and giving up the game, even though they might be quite talented. Yes, uh, the the thing is the the special ones, like the kids that are able to go to the top top of the game, even in the juniors. They have this uh, different uh, thinking. Even if they are, there, you find them hungry. You find them. Uh, he's twelve years or eleven years, and he loses, and he want to push again. You don't put this in in his personality <laughs> as much as it is by nature inside him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. When I see this, I follow this, and uh, I worked as a technical director of Wadi Degla clubs uh, for four years. I was the head coach, uh, <clears throat> and I saw this. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like you see the different types of players. For sure, you have the percentage of the guys that they can be a good players, and they don't have the hunger. For sure, you have this people that they need the support from the family. They, uh, they need support from the coaches, uh, not to get bored. Uh, you face this type of of players, but uh, the majority of the of the of the kids <clears throat> that they they want to reach the top. I find that they have similar characteristics as the top players, as the as the top guys, as the older ones. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. They see something common. And I remember I used uh, to coach uh, a top player uh, who used to come early every. I, 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 it's the session is at eight a.m. in Cairo Stadium, and you go there uh, at seven forty-five a.m. on the way to school on the way to very uh, school. I found they're doing rope because the ah. stadium didn't didn't open. They didn't open the gates of the Cairo Stadium. And when in the juniors, and when you see and when you look at, at them now, it's the same. They have the same ability, same hunger. They go on court. They warm up before the glass court. Uh, that's the slot that they got uh, before the matches. They are early over there, working, uh, stretching, getting ready. So I look at this personality. I, I see something common. It, mm. it, it's with you. 
and it's inside you when you are so little. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it's just the the fact that in Egypt it's so competitive and so exciting there to be a junior squash player uh, because there's so much competition and so much talent there. It just uh, in order to compete, in order to play at that level and to experience it, you have to be, you have to have that hunger, I guess, don't you? Yes, yes, uh, and I think uh, you're right. In this uh, sometimes uh, you you have you have the ability to be uh, to be uh, hungry and eager, but as well when you look around you for the top players, you have an, something to look up to, which they have already, uh, which they already have the the personality of of being a top player. You know, mm. so the, it's not only because you have it, but you see it around you all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for for you sure. You, you got what for I mean. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. I just yeah. want to ask you now, uh, Omar. Uh, just before we get into the, your, you know, what you're doing with the with the players that you're working with. I mean, you as a as a uh, as a pro. I mean, you were following in the footsteps, I think, uh, of uh, the first ever Egyptian world champion, Amr Shabana. He probably. Uh, would have retired or was about to retire uh, during while you were were playing. On no, the- no, no. I attended uh, three three with Amr. Did you? I was okay. playing while Amr was winning three. You were there yeah. for three. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask you, what were those years like for you with the excitement? In the, I mean, that that was really it, right? During that time, that's when Egyptian squash really became what it actually is uh, today. Obviously, you had. Prior to that, uh, maybe Kareem Darwish and uh, uh, before him, Ahmed uh, Barada. But what were those years like uh, 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 playing alongside Amr and Kareem? The excitement that that brought with it for Egypt. Exactly, exactly. You got the key. You got the key of what the, of what's the whole idea for the juniors about. Mm. You watch your parents uh, takes you to watch the final of the national championship under nineteen, for example. And you watch uh, Shabana is playing uh, Omar uh, is playing Ahmed Faizi. He's one of the top top guys yeah. in the juniors for us. Uh, and suddenly, in two years, you're staying in the room with Shabana. You're sharing the room with Shabana. So you get crazy, you know. Uh, this is the whole idea about you see someone who you look up to. I used to look up to uh, Karim uh, when uh, when we were playing, and uh, Darwish was one of the most dedicated persons I've ever met. Up till now, sure for what he's doing, uh, and I used to see him playing, and I watched him like this, like a kid. And in two years, you're on court with him. He's taking you uh, with him on the way back to home, uh, in the car. Uh, he's talking with you. Uh, you know, uh, I'm playing with uh, X uh, brand of uh, rackets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you as a sponsor as well. You got connection with these guys. You know what I mean? Mm. Immediately, you're. Uh, you have to keep going and you have to believe that you can do better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting <laughs> stuff. It doesn't happen anywhere, right? No, no. I mean, Egypt, that, that's right when the Egyptian squash really took off. But before that, you had an, a, a guy that I really admired a lot. He never won a world championship, but he had so much charisma and so much. He was electrifying on court like a lot of the uh, guys that you're coaching right now, uh, Ahmed Barada. Talk about uh, uh, what Ahmed did, to because when he... They did, they did I remember watching those, those uh, tournaments in Egypt, and the crowd was just going crazy every time he played. But Barada won the World Juniors, uh, New Zealand. Uh, yes. Yeah, he beat Omar in the finals. Uh, Barada is a case. Barada is not a player. He's not a squash player. Barada is a case. He's, uh, he's, he's something for us that we, uh, 
we started to know how uh, there is a squash, there is international squash tournaments. Mm -hmm. There is uh, an, uh, a young champion that the people around him are supporting him. There mm -hmm. is uh, a famous squash guy. Uh, he made everything uh, for us. The, we didn't know. Uh, we didn't know anything uh, internationally. Uh, uh, TV, why TV coverage, media coverage. Uh, everybody is running after him. Uh, he was so charismatic. Uh, uh, <clears throat> he was. Uh, he was the one uh, that made all of us. All of us loved the game. Uh, he was like Sparada was charming. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Uh, I used to uh, even not not only for Egyptians. Actually, Barada was one of the one of the bright um, shining stars uh, for the game, for the squash game, not for Egyptians only. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go to Canada, to Montreal, or to Toronto and see what was happening for Barada here in, uh, in Giza. You know what I mean? Or no? You can't go to uh, Birmingham with no offense to anything, but <clears throat> but uh, he changed everything. Brother changed everything himself, uh, from uh, sponsorships to, as, as I told you, to this uh, this amount of uh, famous, uh, this amount of charisma, this amount of. Uh, uh, I I think uh, no, he was the he was the, as they say he was uh, the lighter. For, for all this fire, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, he sort of brought the uh, the president of Mubarak, wasn't he? He brought him to the game, and oh, Mubarak loved no, him. No, 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 no. He, 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 didn't, he didn't come, actually, but uh, Ahmed Brother played with the president. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did play with him. And uh, and uh, I think uh, I, I I remember my, my dad used to take me in the car, uh, send it from, uh, from where I live, which is like 15 minutes away from the pyramids, uh, to go to the pyramids during school, like during the days of school, like during weekdays yeah. uh, at 7 p.m. to get a bus from the streets down to go up with the audience okay. to, the, to, to the pyramids up there and to watch the match and wait for me downstairs, uh, down there. Uh, when I finished the match, it was a dream. Mm -hmm. It was a dream to see the, the big thing happening in the pyramids, to be to, to, frankly. Omar, we could I could talk about uh, Egyptian squash history and uh, all the greats uh, for hours here with you, but we've got uh, bigger and better things to talk about. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, you're you're uh, you're coaching so many of the top players of the game. I just had on the podcast, uh, as I mentioned to you, Yusuf uh, was on the other day, and Kareem uh, a couple of episodes before that. Uh, these are two guys that you're working with, and two of my favorite players. Uh, and so let, let's get into uh, talking um, about that now. Uh, firstly, firstly, I mean, you've got so many great, great players that you're working with. What is, what's a typical day like uh, for you uh, when you're in the thick of working with, with your players? It must be uh, must be difficult sometimes as well, you know, when you have so many uh, so many players in the draw like you do this week, and oftentimes they're playing against each other. So, uh, sort of, how uh, what's it, what's the typical day like? First of all, for you as a coach to to uh, to the team that you have yes uh, the typical day is um, as I told you I have my own academy which is called Zed Squash Academy okay yeah it's in the west, west side of Cairo I have three amazing courts with uh, a nice landscape uh, so uh, actually I had my team uh, my players team is uh, the half is in my side which is Tariq and uh, and Karim they mm -hmm. live 
the same street as me in this, uh, as I told you, in this beautiful compound. Okay. This is where we live. Very yeah. nice. Yeah, very so, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we live like walking distance between each other, me, Tariq, and Karim. So uh, on the other side, I have Hannah, Yusuf, and Hania. Yeah. Even the other side. Hannah <laughs> Hanna Motaz, yes. Hannah Motaz, yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, which, which, uh, which they live on the other side, uh, three of them. So in the mornings, uh, I, I do the on-court stuff in the mornings. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, evenings, I do, I watch from outside. I watch the matches. I watch conditional games uh, from outside the court. This is how the day uh, goes. And uh, with the time, um, with the time management, uh, we arrange that uh, they be close uh, in the evening session. They be close to each other for sure. If I'm doing Tariq and Karim on this side, I I don't go to the other side in the mornings. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, if I do the mornings over there in the other side, I play with I watch Tariq and Karim evenings. Near, near our home. This right. is how it goes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's exciting stuff. Uh, yeah. Difficult yeah. to balance, but it sounds like you've got got a good handle on it. Now, uh, I just want to look, first of all, uh, and this is, I think the, I'm not just speaking for myself here. I think I speak for the majority of the squash world. Uh, I'd say the best rivalry uh, in pro squash right now is the Hanya Noran rivalry, regard, you know, men or women. Uh, it's it's absolutely box office every time they play from the level of squash to the competitive uh, nature that both of them have and uh, the intensity of the matches. Uh, from a coach's perspective, from your perspective, uh, how pumped up do you get for these matches? And uh, uh, do you have... Do you have to be like for Hanya anyways, do you have to be a, a calming influence or do you feel you need to uh, probably not, but do you feel you need to be uh, to contribute to Hanya's uh, competitive uh, uh, preparations for that match for those matches? Look, actually uh, people, uh, the squash world uh, look deep, uh, look deep in this because I used to coach uh, Noran for eight years mm. As you know, uh, yeah. I coached Noran since she was uh, 14, and uh, up till she reached world number one, and, she, and then and then she got married and she moved to uh, the US, and uh, so and now I moved to Hania. This that's why I think it's people are looking deep in uh, in this, but uh, for me it's a normal squash match like any any squash match. Uh, they are both top three, sometimes top two. Uh, so uh, if you want to be world number one, you have to uh, adjust these head-to-head -head matches, not against them, but only, but against everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you want to win the world open, okay, fine. But it's the end of the day. It's a world open. It's a good title, but it's a tournament that will lead you to the rankings. Uh, the top of the, that will lead you to the top of the rankings. That's how I think about. Uh, I want to beat uh, uh, Mohammed El Shurbagi. Uh, I want to. I want to pass Mohammed El Shurbagi in the ranking, for example, like for Karim or for who else, uh, whoever. Uh, no, you need to have a good squash match first, beat them more than they beat you, and mm -hmm. then win the tournament. Be consistent in tournaments, and then jump the rankings. That's how I, I look for things. I don't look for the for this small scoop uh, yeah. like this. It's a squash match and raise the competition. The no, we prepare for every match. For sure, some matches they have different uh, analysis and different mental and psychological perspective that we work on and we watch a lot. Everything we watch so much detail. Like uh, as I told you, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a top top player when I when I used to play. I was a top thirty player in the world. Uh, I wasn't a top uh, student at school, actually. 
I was I wasn't struggling, but I I remember I wasn't the smartest in the in the class to, the, to get the to be the first in mathematics or in science or history, but uh, I was uh, I was the one who who looked for uh, body language, uh, look how people talk to each other. Uh, you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. when I was little. When I was so little, if someone uh, is nervous, I will see his reactions. I see how people uh, is going to uh, take actions. Uh, this guy is going to confront this guy or not. Uh, I used to follow all the psychological and mental issues between the between my friends, even between my my family uh, members. I love to watch the eye contact. You mm. know what I mean? That's yeah. that's yeah. the edge. That's the edge I I used to have. I, nobody t- taught me this. Like all my family, all my uh, friends are, uh, and um, they tell they they call it uh, street smart or socially smart. Mm. No, I just I just look at everything, uh, and this actually helped me so much dealing with my players because each and every one of them has different personality, yes. and uh, you need to be balanced with everyone. You will implement your way of thinking, and you try to implement your way of thinking, but you will not force them. To do things that they cannot do, you know what I mean. And between between the two sentences, there is a big, uh, there is a fine line. Mm. Like you can drop that you follow them, and you don't want to follow them because they will not be, uh, <clears throat> they will not have the benefit, the beneficial part from you, and uh, you will not, you don't want them to force you to what they are doing, and they keep doing the same. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So was- there is a big difference. Uh, that's my that's my answer. Like uh, for myself, I follow every detail. I follow what what players do between points. Mm. Can you imagine? Some people you find them play three shots in the front wall and drop. If they don't do it, they are out of zone. I follow everything, and I think the mental part and the psychological part, especially in the top level, is a big difference alongside with the tactics and the techniques. And I'm sure of it. But the mental part and the psychological part, if you can learn a lot, if you can understand your player a lot. Because they are all different. Like, for example, uh, I coach now uh, uh, Hania and Gawad. They are, uh, they are different, for oh, example. Uh, Gawad is a type of guy uh, who don't talk about the match at all. For example, uh, we, we just just the, the three, four minutes before the match, uh, the, the last session, we have like the five minutes talk that he loves it. The five minutes talk about the match. Before the match, before the five minutes before the match, he just want some reminders. Yes. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other player, uh, we we uh, we love to uh, revise the match and see the best, the worst scenario mm-hmm. ourselves. What what the worst the, she can do for us, uh, and imagine it, and we start to work on it uh, and solve it in our heads while we are sitting. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually yeah. we didn't arrive there yet, but so. As a coach, uh, you have to learn how to deal in all these situations. You know, uh, yeah. like, uh, you can be match ball down and you win. You can be match ball up and you win. How? You, what? What are you gonna say after the match? Yeah, I. Uh, uh, I was you know gonna I mean? ask. You, yeah, uh, I think Hanya mentioned uh, just. I think it was a couple, maybe last year in an interview, she said, if it wasn't when you came in to start coaching her, uh, you really, really uh, helped her a lot with 
self-confidence. And I'm not sure if, uh, you know, obviously she's not lacking right now in self-confidence, but uh, I think she said at the time when you came along, uh, she really needed some help with that. Is that something that, uh, you know, right in the beginning in those first few years that you, you helped her work on? Yes, exactly. You keep following uh, what, 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 what item is going to make the difference. Mm. You know what I mean? And you knock yeah. on it. You don't do it 100%. I'm not I'm not one of the people that uh, they do the things 100 percent and uh, no 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 if I see that this is the right path I just keep doing it simply and I see where I can reach because if I if I insisted to do it 100 percent and it didn't and the player didn't uh, is not digesting it for example uh, I lost everything you know what I mean uh, when you start to convince someone with something hardly he can easy be breakable you know what i mean because if it doesn't work it's it's like the rock i don't believe that the rock is very uh solid mm. you know what i mean the rock <laughs> yeah. can be break easy especially especially in our game i believe you need to be very flexible like where ice is solid and but water is nice as well yeah. <laughs> because it's flexible right uh, yeah like, i agree more you yeah water, you can be water you can be ice when you're gonna when you're gonna use it yeah, you, know, yeah. you need uh, you need to be mentally uh, flexible. Uh, that's the that's the issue. I got scared uh, of when um, when the mental part get inside one of my players. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. when they're sitting with someone, I don't want someone to control their head. I don't. I just want them to have more ideas, more scenarios, to be flexible. Have an How open I can mind. Them, right? Sorry. To to have more of an open mind. Yes, to and to 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 see things differently. Uh, to minimize the issues, not to maximize the issues. Uh, I'm going the final of the World Open. It's, it's normal. I deserve to be here. And there is so many directions that you, you need to to understand. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, so this that's that my answer for Hania's question that you needed to work on this confidence part. Yes, I needed to work on so many parts in, the, in his personality that uh, she got the personality, she got the hunger, she got oh, yeah. the charisma. Uh, people, a lot of people wants to watch her all around the world. Uh, she she need the humble as well. She's very young. Yes. So, uh, no, I mean he, for for someone who's reached so reached the heights she has for at such a young age, she's extremely humble. Yes, yes. She needs all this. Uh, all this. It, it it doesn't build with one conversation. It builds with how how they see you react with your with your stuff as well. How they see you react with uh, even we are traveling together. How they see me talk with anyone that uh, you know what I mean? They they see it in you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on the women's game in general. Uh, you know, we've got Nor, we've got Nora and, and Hanya really uh, separating themselves. Uh, but in your mind, and you you see a lot of the women's squash because you've got uh, obviously Hanya and uh, Hannah. They're playing uh, deep into a lot of events. Do you see their uh, over the next couple of years, is there any chance of a group of uh, the younger players that are coming through, Definitely. for example, Han- uh, Hannah Motez and, and the likes, uh, coming through Definitely. right now that could enter uh, into the mix? Yes, for sure. It's a good question. Hannah is doing good steps. She's mm. not uh, in hurry at all. She's great. She, she, she graduated from Harvard. Uh, she's satisfied of what uh, she has done uh, uh, like uh, in college and uh, moving forward to, uh, to what she loves she's uh, she's happy uh, she's very uh, calm uh, I know that she's gonna catch uh, the top uh, the top level 
I'm sure she's going to catch the top 10 one day. Uh, and the map, actually, uh, the map has so many good players. Uh, mm. I don't want the people uh, not to see uh, what Amanda, Amanda did great, actually, in the in a big part in, uh, of this season. Mm. Uh, Amanda Tobi, uh, she's, uh, she has some good results. Uh, she beat Sherbini, she beat Hania one on one time, and uh, she lost to Gohar uh, 3-2 in the world team. She's doing good steps. Yeah. And she's... Uh, I see. I see good results, and she 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 should be in the calculations as well. Like the top guys, yeah. Uh, not to take out, not take anything out of anyone's effort. You know what I mean? No, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we have Amina Orfi uh, from the juniors. We have Fairuz uh, Abu Khair from the juniors. You know, Egyptian. Uh, we have Salma Tayeb from the juniors. She's a very good player as well. Um, yeah, we have uh, some good players that I can uh, catch up. Yeah, uh, well. It, look, it looks good. Some young good. talent there. Yeah, in the women's in the women's part, uh, it's it's uh, there are some matches that can be surprises more than the more than the boys, more than the men's. I mean, yeah, the the women's game is really really uh, healthy right now. Some really exciting stuff. But let let's talk about uh, on the men's side now. As you mentioned, uh, you are the uh, you're the coach to Kareem Abdul Gawad, who has had perhaps, in my opinion, one of the greatest comebacks. Yes. In the history of the game, I mean, it really looked there like for a couple of years, he was really down and out with that uh, heel injury. Uh, and uh, you've been there to witness the lows all the way up to uh, his win at the adaptation and the getting to the final at the British and the world. So just looking back, uh, you know, what were those times like uh, during his during the comeback and how proud of you are, Kareem, especially to see him? I mean, right now, I mean. He's playing such the, the squash that he can play. It's amazing. I mean, it, it is so good to watch when he's playing like this. Yes. Actually, I tell you the story. Karim, uh, he's lost his fascia uh, uh, tissue. It's it's a tissue between the fascia layer. I mean, it's a layer between the heel and the and the skin, the bone heel and the skin. That uh, it was two percent out of uh, hundred. It was two percent. And then uh, he went to Germany uh, backward. For, he went to everywhere backward forward, and it was during COVID, unfortunately. So it got it got worse. Not he can't travel. He can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. it was as they, as they say, it was uh, double pain. He can't do anything. He's out of. Uh, it was out of our hands. And then uh, he went to Sean Clinic in Munich. Uh, I, we would like to thank them. Uh, we we really appreciate of all the effort they have put with uh, Karim. Uh, and then the the professor uh, told him uh, we're gonna do a couple of things. I see this. I saw this case. One of the professor is like seventy five years old. He's an amazing professor, and uh, he's so experienced. He saw. He said, "I saw this case one time in my life, and this is the second. Can you imagine? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Karim was on crutches all day long, and uh, uh, he can't raise the his his leg on the top, or he can't he can't put his heel." anything even on the floor mm. it was in so much pain so he took uh, two injections week on week off so he was in germany every 15 days he take uh, he took two injections and gave back two injections and gave back for six times and then uh, after these six times uh, he told him to uh, to have uh, three weeks off no injections nothing and then go for an mri after these three weeks he went for an mri and the professor said the layer is back by 92%. Wow. Okay. Yes. You can play. 
Ah, uh, the guys, uh, we started to be very emotional. Karim was crying. Uh, everything, he started to take photos with everyone in the in the hospital. Uh, it mm. was very emotional yeah. for all of us. Uh, actually, I was on um, Zoom, same like this one. He was with the doctor to know what happened with the final MRI. Thankfully, he can play back. Uh, during these uh, off days, that's what uh, the people, all the people around send me. Uh, they want to know what we have done during the stoppage time that mm. Karim didn't play for. We have uh, two uh, paths to follow, to choose between, like two directions to choose. Uh, we choose one, either one of them. The first direction is to take Karim out of squash 100%. Not to watch matches, not to follow squash, not to follow any results. That was my number one. That was my number. That was A plan for me. And B plan for me was uh, to let him keep uh, watching matches. And because uh, while when he get back, it's easier uh, to see the players from outside with no pressure mm -hmm. and this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was scared from plan B. If the, if the professor, if the doctor uh, said you cannot play anymore, yeah, that yeah. will hurt his, yeah. uh, his personality for the rest of his life. So I was so scared not to put him in the situation uh, that he's watching, watching and following squash that he's going to get back. So I was so scared actually uh, of this uh, of this issue. If the doctor said that Karim cannot play and and he was uh, he was so eager to play, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. On yeah. the other yeah. hand, you don't want him to lose hope that he's not playing, but you need to, to be balanced. So the balance is we put 100%, my balance was is to put 100% on the treatment part. Yes. Yeah. The maximum we can do without talking a lot about come, our comeback, not watching the squash, nothing. I didn't let him watch one match, didn't follow one live score for, for, for so many months. And then when the doctor said this, I turned on everything. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I used to take him with me to my academy to watch the people uh, coaching. I used to put to put him in court with any kid, do uh, any funny stuff. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. He just go in court with his uh, with his uh, sneaker shoes and uh, do anything with the jeans. So I used to take him with so He must I have go. been very, very hungry at that point then. Yes, he was so hungry. So we take it step by step. So we turned on, I, I made him watch all the matches. Since the doctor said he can play, most of the tournaments Karim was watching and nobody knows. Yeah, He was watching first rounds, early rounds and on the wall, on the, on the normal course. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And then I think this, this strategy worked, thankfully. Oh, definitely. He, I came mean... back with, he came back with different mentality. He's hungry, he's keen to win the... Karim never used to win the first game, as you remember. Yeah, yeah. Before... Now Karim is eager to win the three games in a row. Uh, even if he's tired, he finds a way to, to get back. Uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of how he's thinking. I'm super proud of uh, of our journey together. Uh, it, it added a lot to my career. I I really meant it. Uh, I learned a lot from this from this story. That's an amazing story. And and the squash that he's playing right now, I mean, it, it's right up there. It's, it's very, very close to the level that he was at <laughs> when he won uh, the world championships and got, you know, got to world number, got to world number one. I mean, he uh, he's playing okay. so, so good uh, right now. Uh, he, I guess he just needs a little bit more match fitness. Uh, yes. is, is that what he, do you think he's just lacking a bit there? He's lacking match fitness. Uh, actually, I don't see it like this. 
<clears throat> the, the amount of, ba- of, of the basics and the fundamentals that we put in the preseason was not uh, was not the right it was not the right amount or the or the amount that uh, that can hold him play all these matches. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Like he crossed, he crossed the the expectation. He passed the expectations, right? You know, with the number of matches and the, the quality he have put. So when we get back, uh, when we get back to the preseason after the World Tour finals, uh, I think, I think we it's gonna be different uh, in the uh, in in the amount in the quantity wise. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so that he that it can hold him to be. To, to to carry more more matches than his belt more. Yes, uh, and then uh, also you have um, uh, Yusuf Ibrahim, who I was just speaking to yes. the other day, and um, you know he obviously. I thought, uh, it, I thought it too. Yeah, well, yeah. he he went through. Uh, Yusuf went through a serious injury as well with his knee, yes. and uh, yes. he decided to stop playing uh, right around the time when he I think he he got he was at world number eleven, and he was talking about all of the you know. What you know, prior to taking the time off, the painkillers that he was taking and the injections that he was taking, and you were there to see and witness uh, a lot of that. So, what what were those times like uh, as a coach when you'd see when you see a young guy like that who, you know, obviously really really hungry and uh, very very talented and you know just wanting to go out there and continue things, maybe when he probably shouldn't have. Look, uh, Yusuf is a stubborn guy. Okay, Yusuf is very uh, stubborn. Uh, he, he just want to do whatever he want to do and he see it the right way. So to convince him, uh, it takes so much effort. And uh, you cannot uh, tell him you're not going to do this. He's going to do it. You okay. know, there is a way to, to, to deliver the, the thing to him. It's not, uh, it's not like, uh, Yusuf, this is wrong, this is right. He's not that type of, of, of a guy. Uh, Yusuf is very stubborn. Yusuf insisted to uh, to play uh, with painkillers for uh, for so many uh, tournaments. Uh, actually, the doctors as well was I don't want to say this, but kind of supporting this because they said that they thought that it's not, it's not it wasn't a big issue. Uh, mm. Whenever you're gonna have time, you're gonna you're gonna rest and we're gonna fix it. And actually, it wasn't like this. He had to stop immediately. He had to stop immediately. Uh, for example, at the start of this season, uh, before the Tournament of Champions and this bunch of tournaments, I kept convincing him not to play the first part of the season for so many times. Coach, I'm good. I'm fine. Come watch me. I go watch him. His steps is still not, his footwork is still not clear. He's off balance, but he has the hunger. He's oh, believing yeah. that he can play tomorrow. I can be better. Uh, he don't sleep uh, normal. He sleep uh, when he's training. He sleep eight p- uh, seven thirty eight p.m. This is too early in Egypt. We play like we play the match night at eight and eight thirty. Okay, he goes he goes to bed too early. He wakes up five thirty a.m. He goes to the because he want to get back. So this is sometimes good, sometimes not good. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you need uh, to calm down, uh, make it to take uh, the time, make the things, make the process move smoothly. Uh, I sent him to uh, to uh, to London to get treatment for uh, for one month. After so many hours of convincing, uh, you know, 
So it's not uh, it's not easy to convince to convince users uh, to to do something. But uh, at the at the other side, this guy when he's on fire, uh, all this way of thinking help him. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I got to tell you, man, that that match in the World Championships, even though he lost to Mohammed, that was that was one of the best. Like that was just unbelievable. The the, the yeah, even yeah. though he lost that that to me sort of that that was his comeback match. He looked almost exactly. back to normal. Exactly, he looked exactly. almost back to normal. Exactly. That's what uh, we were talking about. The team around him were talking about. Uh, we were talking about. Uh, uh, Yusuf, uh, when you're going to be injury-free, you need to have time to train and then uh, training matches and then you go to tournaments. You know what I mean? And now he understands this. He's now, thankfully, he's totally fine. He started to get the form back step by step. He said, oh, I thought I was closer than this when I was uh, a couple of months back. But now I feel it. You know what I mean? Now I feel uh, I feel the effort I have put was on the right uh, track. You know, you need to uh, you need to to leave everything go with the take 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 time, like take the normal time, not to rush it. But uh, the guy, I'm super proud of what he's doing. His his way of thinking is is crazy. He believes uh, that he can be the best. Actually, he believes that he can be the best. Yeah, he live with it. That's the feeling I get too. I think he's a very confident uh, guy, and he's like you said, stubborn. But he's also uh, one of the most talented guys out there. I mean, uh, he moves yes. unlike any. Of the, he's got shots like no one else does. Pretty. Much. I mean, he he's right there, like with a Mezen uh, Hisham and and him are the two most electrifying players on tour. Yeah, Yusuf. Uh, the balance, uh, the balance of Yusuf's game. Uh, when he reached world number eleven, it was so balanced. Mm. If you can see it, uh, he was uh, he was uh, he was one of the guys that he used to attack, attack, attack. But when he chose the right time and when he uh, waited for the opportunities at the right time and when he with solid game uh, got uh, more consistent, uh, the spots at the back got more the weighted. The guy became so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Now. Uh... Now, Omar, I've got, uh, I guess you've got uh, Alguna. It starts tonight, so it should be exciting. You'll be, uh, I think Yusuf's playing um, Nathan Lake. Uh, yes, tomorrow. That's yeah. tomorrow, is it? Okay. That'll be. Uh, that'll I want to tell you something just to be uh, fair with everyone. <laughs> with, uh, uh, regarding Tarek. Yes. Tarek is not yet. Tarek is not going to retire because I've, I read somewhere that he's going to retire. That he, Tarek is not going to retire. Uh, Tarek uh, faced some uh, some lungs problem after his COVID uh, after his big disease by COVID, uh, and then uh, and then he's now getting back on his feet. Uh, the next, uh, the second half of the season was was okay. He played yeah. as a top five. His result as a top five, top six. Yeah, uh, in the world, uh, he's hungry for more, and uh, let's see uh, what's the next. Well, Tarek's Tarek, con consistently uh, in every event. He's either you know at worst, at worst quarterfinals. He he doesn't uh, you know quarters, semis, finals. I know, uh, I know. But people people expecting that uh, he can beat the top four guys again. And yes, I think we are working for, we are working on this. I think yeah. he can. I mean, he's got. Uh, yeah. I think just as long as he can, uh, he has the gas tank for it at his age. Uh, yes. Definitely, he's got. I mean, he's got a game that's uh, again unique, a very unique game that gives everybody uh, trouble. Now, um, Omar, I've got uh, um, my open. Elguna. You were talking my, about my podcast is sponsored by Open Squash, so we've got. Sorry? My podcast is sponsored by yes. uh, Ali Farag's uh, 
yes, uh, yes. squash. Yeah. So yes. we've got an open squash fan forum here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. We've got two questions. I, I know you've been great with your time, but two questions. And no, one, go ahead. I'm not sure uh, if you want to, uh, it's a question about uh, Mustafa Asal, of course. Uh, so Bernard Lee from Squash Stories, he asks, uh, does Mas does Asal uh, train regularly with other Egyptian players? And do, do you think other players attempt to exploit Asal's reputation for cheap strokes? That's his question. First part, no, I don't see Mustafa plays with, uh, with the guys I coach. Uh, second, uh, like train with the guys I coach. Right. Uh, maybe earlier when he started the, the tour, uh, he, was, he used to play with Gawad a bit. But now I don't see him play with, lately I don't see him play with uh, any of my players. Uh, second part of the question is, uh, I don't think uh, players were trying to do uh, anything uh, regarding bad reputation to Asal or something, uh, any sort of this. Uh, the guy is still young. The guy has a bright future. Uh, if he kept, uh, if he closed his head uh, and he kept working with himself towards the things that that he needs to change, uh, he will reach definitely. He will, he will consistently uh, be a top player. But uh, if he uh, if he don't see the things that uh, is hurting him and he, and and think that this is these things are not affecting me and this is normal. And he's not facing this; it will it will waste so much time for him. That's my point of view, and that's enough for this question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the second question comes from uh, Diego, not Diego Elias, but Diego Martinez from Mexico City, and uh, it's kind of connected. Uh, he listened to the Yusuf Ibrahim uh, podcast, and uh, Yusuf was talking about how he spends at least an hour thirty minutes two, three times a week doing solo practice. And that's where that top spin backhand uh, winner came <laughs> from. So Diego wants to know, uh, from your point of view, uh, how important uh, solo practice is and how often would you recommend doing it per week? Actually, some people need to do solo every day. And actually, some, and, uh, but at least the minimum, even for the top players, you need to be twice a week for one hour with yourself. But uh, the solo for the beginners or for the intermediates or for the professional are totally different. What they what they do on court is totally different. Some people go on court to uh, to adjust timing. Some people to adjust technique. Some people it's very complicated and the question is very general. But I'm trying to uh, to wrap it up. Some people need to work on their uh, volleys. Some people need to work on their uh, movement during solo. Like you play drive drive. And cross, so you move with it cross court and pick up the ball and play, play, drive, drive. For example, you play in the front corners, like boost and boost and boost to adjust your steps. No, it's a, it's an ocean. The solo is is the big issue, and uh, mm. uh, the I hope uh, I reply to Diego, but it's very, it's big, it's a big, uh, it's 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 too generous. Yeah, That's what I, mean. I think I when I asked uh, Yusuf, I asked him to teach me how he hit that backhand topspin winner, and he uh, doesn't know. Was he doesn't know? He said, but he, he himself, said he's he done it. Uh, he's done it as a in solo practice, and that's where it came from. Yes, he doesn't know. He's talented, and God gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, Omar, uh, you know, you've got a big, busy uh, week ahead of you, and I really appreciate uh, your time, and uh, thanks for doing yeah, it's this. It's my pleasure, man. I wanted to do this long time ago. Thank you for waiting for me uh, all that time. I didn't want to talk about my players before the season. I'm super uh, proud of, of them all. They're all fighters. They're all smart. They're all mentally uh, flexible, adapting with the, all the situations. That's how we work. Uh, thank you so much for all the... the the time you have waited for me. And thank you again. And Omar, just uh, from from me, uh, you're doing a tremendous job. Uh, you're one thank of the you. best coaches out there and uh, really appreciate you and your time today. Thank you so much. And we talk soon. Well, thanks to Omar and thanks to you, everyone, for listening. Please give the pod a like, a share, a retweet, retweet, uh, add some comments, uh, do whatever it is that you can share uh, in terms of sharing this with your friends at your club or your squash community uh, or anyone that you know that enjoys the game of squash. Please uh, direct them to the In Squash podcast. It's on every uh, podcast uh, platform that's out there. Uh, check it out uh, with your friends and share it with your squash community please uh i really appreciate that we've got uh the guys from squash analytics coming on in a few days time and they're going to uh, be talking about what they're doing over there and i can't wait to catch up with them where we're going to break down the numbers uh on the season overall i think and uh, i think they've got several other things that they want to present and uh they're doing some really good stuff over at squash analytics so i can't wait to uh, uh, to catch up with them they were on the pod i think just shortly after uh, they started uh with uh, squash analytics so this will be a great way to catch up Catching up here at the end of the season with Alguna uh, coming to an end and the season, uh, uh, the final, the PSA finals uh, there uh, coming up uh, shortly thereafter. Actually, really enjoyed uh, the chat that Squash Radio had with Alex Goff, by the way, about the uh, the investment uh, put in uh, to, to PSA Squash by Mark Walter and the Guggenheim uh, group. Alex came on uh, a few months back and sort of alluded to the fact that something like this was in the works and uh, definitely worth uh, checking out the Squash Radio interview with, with Alex as they fleshed that out really well. And it uh, bodes well for Pro Squash and really looking forward to uh, how sort of that that all is going to play out um now in terms of uh alguna that's some there were some minor upsets in the event but uh, the big names are still uh in there which is going to make for a mouth-watering uh, final few days of the event we're at the quarterfinal stage now so uh looking forward to that hope all of you are enjoying your squash uh, i'll be uh, on court uh, tomorrow so uh gonna have to limber up a bit today make sure the body's ready for uh for two hours or or around two hours of uh, exhilarating uh, Gibson squash. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I hope all of you guys are enjoying your squash as well. Take care. We'll be talking to you very soon uh, with the boys from Squash Analytics uh, in a few days' time. And once again, thank you so much to Omar Abdulaziz. And he's got uh, a few players left in the event uh, there in Alguna. So all the best uh, to him and his team. Take care and have a great day. Goodbye now.